Scripture reading this morning comes from Joshua chapter 5. And we're actually going to read from chapter 5 verse 1 through verse 12. As soon as all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they had crossed over, their hearts melted and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeath Haraloth. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord swore to them that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. And so it was their children whom he raised up in their place that Joshua circumcised. For they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised along the way. When the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from among you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. While the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho. And the day after the Passover on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. And the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of the land. And there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. May God bless the reading of His Word. You know, we've made it through four chapters of the book of Joshua. We're walking through chapter by chapter, and we've read about several significant events in the life of God's people. You know, we read about the transition from the leadership of Moses to the leadership of Joshua. We've read about the, the shifting alliance of Rahab from her city in Jericho to the people of God. We've read about how God held back the waters of the Jordan River for miles so that the people of God could cross over on dry ground into the land of Canaan. And we've read about how Joshua had the people carry 12 large stones from the riverbed over into Gilgal and set them up as a memorial to the power of God. And now the people are on the west side of the Jordan River camped at Gilgal. And what we've read in verse 1 there is that news of the power of God and how He separated the waters of the river. News has spread to these surrounding cities and the kings and the people are filled with fear of what God is going to do. And the first conflict that we'll read about in the coming weeks for the people of God will be the city of Jericho. 
And they've made preparations. They're, they're arrayed with battle gear and they've gathered their supplies. But before they move into battle, the Lord tells Joshua to do something very risky, but something very significant if they're going to move forward with him. He tells Joshua to circumcise the sons of Israel. Now what we do is we, we look at this passage and, we, and we're reading that during the wilderness wanderings, after the people were delivered out of Egypt, uh, the men were not circumcised. And we're not really sure why that is, but we know that it wasn't done. And circumcision was significant because it was an external sign that identified you with the covenant that God made with Abraham in Genesis 17. And so circumcision was this external sign of identification, that you, that you are part of this covenant that God made with Abraham, that you are the people of God. And the purpose of circumcision was to be this, this external sign of the covenant. And so the men of Israel that were born during the wilderness wanderings, uh, who are now camped on the west side of the Jordan about to go in and uh, face their first conflict, they have never received this sign of the covenant. And that's what circumcision was, a sign of the covenant. And the, and the timing of this is just interesting. Just think about this. Why did God wait for them to cross over the Jordan River into a hostile land where not everybody's going to be for God or want to be a part of God's people? They're going to face conflict in this land. Why did God wait till they arrived across the river into this hostile land to have them accomplish this task, to take on this sign of the covenant? You know, what's interesting is, it's, it's kind of risky if you think about it. Um, and without going into a lot of detail, you know, uh, when an army of men is circumcised... You know, they're not going to be doing a whole lot for several days. And so you think about it, you got the whole army of Israel camped in hostile land. And then God says, okay, now's the time I want you to take the sign of the covenant while you're in a hostile place. And you think that's an interesting timing. And people have given several possible reasons why God told them to do this. One reason is that perhaps God wanted to link this external sign of the covenant to internal faith. You know, they had just crossed over the Jordan. They've seen the mighty hand of God deliver them, provide for them. And so they had faith in God. And so now God says, I want you to have this external sign. I want you to take on the sign, the external sign of the covenant. In other words, I want you to do something externally that signals internal faith. So it's connected to that internal faith. So perhaps that's why God waited until they crossed the Jordan. Because surely, you know, as they walk through that dry bed, uh, their faith in God was solidified, right? And so maybe that's why God did it. You know, another reason could be that, you know, uh, God just wanted them to trust them in their weakest moment. Knowing there's nothing you could do if something were to come upon you. And now's the time to trust the Lord. And so this is something that would have to carry them throughout the book of Joshua. Maybe that was the reason as well. But we know that this, this sign of the covenant, circumcision, was meant to uh, represent more than just a physical act. But it was meant to represent something much deeper. 
It was meant to represent internal faith. Just listen to these verses from Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 through 22. We read, And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and the statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today, for your good. Behold the Lord your God, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heavens heaven, the earth with all that is in it. Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, you above all peoples, as you are this day. Now listen to what he says in verse 16. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow, and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve Him and hold fast to Him. And by His name you shall swear. He is your praise. He is your God. Who has done for you these great and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt 70 persons. And now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of heaven. So yes, God wanted them to have this external sign of the covenant circumcision. But it was meant to be an indicator of internal faith. And this is why God says in this passage, you need to circumcise your heart. You know, it's all about faith. Do you, do you love the Lord? Do you trust in Him? And the external sign is just a signpost to that internal reality. And to, so to further ensure that this external sign was connected to internal faith, perhaps the Lord told them to do this once they crossed the Jordan so that it would in fact be uh, connected to the strong, strong faith of the people of God as they saw Him perform this miraculous deed. Now, there may be other reasons why God told them to wait, but we are confident that we know one reason, the main reason perhaps, uh, that God waited until this time to tell them to uh, go through the sign of the covenant. And we see it in verse 9. It says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, and so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. Gilgal means rolling. It's a rolling away. And it's a place that represents the fact that God rolled away the reproach of Egypt from among His people. Now, before the people entered into battle, they needed to have this reproach rolled away. So the question is, what is this reproach that needed to be rolled away? Well, the reproach, he tells us, is the disobedience of the previous generation, right? It's when they refused to go forward with God. And so they had this disobedience, this reproach that was hovering over them. And the million dollar question that loomed large for everybody was this. What will this new generation do? I mean, will they be like their fathers? You know, will they be like that previous generation and refuse to walk by faith and walk in disobedience? Or... Will they allow God just to roll away that reproach and move them forward by faith? What will they do? 
And in Joshua 5, it's all about God's people rededicating themselves to covenant faithfulness. They're basically saying, we're going to be this next generation that's going to walk by faith. We're not going to walk in disobedience like the previous generation. We're going to move forward with you, God. And so you see this rededication to covenant faithfulness. And to signify their faith, they took on the sign of the covenant, circumcision. Now, let me just reassure you that this is not how we rededicate ourselves today. Okay? That's not how things work today. Uh, Circumcision is no longer a sign of the covenant that we have between God and ourselves. This relationship, this permanent relationship that we have with God, the sign of the covenant is not circumcision any longer. Now, it reigned from Genesis 17 all the way through the death and resurrection of Jesus. But now we are in what's called the new covenant that Jesus himself ushered in through his blood, through his death on the cross, and through his resurrection. And so how do we enter into this covenant with God, this relationship with God? Well, we enter this covenant with God through faith in the covenant maker, Jesus Christ. We place our faith in Christ And His blood covers our sin and we're forgiven and we're brought into a relationship with God. This is the new covenant. We enter the new covenant by faith in Christ. And if we have faith, we are counted among the people of God. And so the external sign of the covenant is not circumcision any longer. It is baptism. And that's why we baptize those who have faith in Christ. Because it is a sign of the covenant. It is a sign that you have identified with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know, and there may be some of you even here this morning that you've placed your faith in Christ. You're like those Israelites in Joshua 5. You had faith. But you do not have the external sign of the covenant. You've placed your faith in Christ, but you've never exercised obedience and taken on this sign of the covenant called baptism. You've never gone into the waters of baptism to symbolize what Christ has done for you, how you have died to your old self when you go under that water. And when you come up out of the water, that's symbolizing this new life in Christ. Maybe you've never done that. If you've never taken on that external sign of the covenant, then I encourage you to talk to me after the service and I would love to plan with you a time that we can baptize you and you can take on that sign. But what I want us all to hear this morning is that this idea of rededication, this this covenant renewal that we see in Joshua 5 is a good thing. And maybe you've heard pastors talk about uh, people rededicating their lives to Jesus Christ. You ever heard people talk about that? Your rededication uh, is for those who have faith in Christ. And maybe they just find themselves wandering in the wilderness. You know, they find themselves in a place where they're just not growing. Uh, Maybe they find themselves in a place where they're just being blatantly disobedient to God. And this idea of rededicating my life, covenant renewal, uh, is for you. It's for those of us who have been living outside of God's will. And going our own way. And now we're ready to move forward with God. 
It's for those of us who have been letting our past define us. Maybe even our past sins define us. But now we're ready to move forward and believe what God says is true about us. And move forward with Him based on His Word. You know, we, we need God to roll away the reproach of our sin. We need Him to roll away the reproach of our past. And this is exactly what God has done for us through the cross of Christ. He has provided a way for the past to be removed and the new to come. And that's what's true of those who are in Christ. And what's beautiful about this is that Jesus brings hope to everyone who follows Him. You know, as long as there's today, there's hope in Christ. There's, there's room for God to bring about a change in your life. There's room for God to bring hope into your life. And that's what they experience in Joshua 5, this covenant renewal that they are going to move forward with God. And they want to be identified as the people of God. And so they took on the sign of the covenant. And even today for us, you know, there's hope for us that we can become the people that God wants us to be. You know, this new covenant that was instituted by Jesus through his death and resurrection, you know, we become part of this covenant through faith and then we grow in Christ by that same faith and the beautiful thing is we don't have to be defined by the sins of our past or past generations you know the people in Joshua 5 I mean they had ancestors in their past that they were defined by sin and they did not have to continue that uh, lineage and maybe that's true of you maybe you're coming out of a situation where even your family you your family has reproach on your family that is defined by rebellion against God. Well, that does not have to continue because in Christ there's hope. God can give you what you need to move forward with Him despite your past. There is hope in Christ. We don't have to be defined by the sins of our past and we're not doomed to repeat those sins. You are made in the image of God and God has given us all that we need in Christ to move forward and even overcome those sins. You know, God is the one who delivers His people out of impossible situations. I mean, look at the book, book of Joshua and the book of Exodus. He's the one who brings His people through the Red Sea. He's the one who brings His people through the Jordan River. And I believe God can bring us through whatever we're struggling with as well. You know, Jesus tells His people that He is present. He's given us His Spirit, His Word, His people to bring about the change that He wants to see in our lives. In Jesus, there is hope. There is hope that the sins of our past, the reproach, can be rolled away. You know, if you have faith in Christ, then this, this covenant, this relationship you have with God is one that provides hope. And maybe this morning you're at a place with God where you need to rededicate your life to Christ. Now you have faith in Jesus. But like I said, maybe you've been wondering. Maybe you've been doing your own thing. And maybe God is calling you to covenant renewal. Rededication. And the question really is, who are you going to identify with? Are you going to identify with the Israelites that were wandering in the wilderness in their disobedience? Or are you going to identify with those in Joshua 5 that say, no, we're ready to move forward with, with God in faith. We want to be people of faith. And we want to go, God, where you want us to go and do what you want us to do. 
Say what you want us to say. Give what you want us to give. We want to be your people in your place. Who are you going to identify with? The people in the wilderness or the people in Gilgal? I want to challenge you this morning. Wherever you are with the Lord, rededication is a good thing. Renewal is a good thing. Remember your baptism. For those of you who have been baptized, remember your baptism. You know, Remember when you went under the water, signifying that your old life is gone, is dead. And when you came up out of the water, it signified, I have this new life with God. And the life that I now live, like Paul says, we want to live by faith in the Son of God. I want to embrace this life that God has given me in Christ. The people of God in Gilgal took on the sign of the covenant because they wanted to move forward with God. And what's neat is that you keep reading the passage and they celebrate the Passover. You know, once they took on the sign of the covenant, they signified, yes, we are the people of God. We want to move forward with God. Then they began to worship God the way God wanted them to worship Him. And one of those ways is through the Passover feast. And you see them celebrating the Passover And then the manna stopped falling from heaven. How God had been providing for them for decades through the manna from heaven. It stopped falling because they began to eat of the produce of the promised land. This was a turning point in the people of God, for the people of God. This was a new day, a new season, a new opportunity. And I believe by God's grace, this can be a new day for us, a new day for you. A day for renewal, a day for dedication, a day where you say, God, I'm ready to move forward with you. God tells us in His Word that His mercies are new every morning. And you know what that tells me? It says, you know, this morning when we woke up, God extended mercy to you and me. He extended an opportunity to you and me to move forward with Him. To dedicate ourselves to Him afresh, even today. And embrace the life that He wants to give us. And so the question is, will you come to Christ? If you've never placed your faith in Christ, will you come to Him and allow Him to roll away the reproach of your sin and give you new life? And for those of you who know Christ, will you rededicate your life to Christ? Will you come to God afresh and say, Lord, I want to move forward with you. Whatever it is in my life that may be keeping me from moving forward, God, would you expose it? Would you help me to see it? Would you help me to confess it? Bring it to you so that you can deal with it, help me persevere through it, and deliver me from it so I can be the person you want me to be. And whatever God may be saying to your heart, I hope that we can all say even this morning, God, wherever you lead me, I will go. Wherever you want to take me, whatever you want to do in my life, I'm available and I want to move forward with you. I hope that's your prayer. Let us pray together. God, we thank you for the examples that we see in Joshua of your people struggling with everyday concerns just like we do. And yet above all those concerns, they're looking to you. They're wanting to be your people. They want to take the land that you're giving them. They want to go where you want them to go. Do what you want them to do. Be who you want them to be. And they they want to identify with you. And Lord, that's our, our desire this morning. We want to identify with you. Well, thank you that in Christ we can be brought into a relationship with you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. 
that shows us areas of our lives that we're doing things in our own strength, that we're going our own way. And thank you for your mercy that's new every morning that gives us an opportunity to confess that sin and turn to you, rededicate ourselves to you and move forward with you by faith. God, may we be the people you want us to be. May we be the church you want us to be and move forward with you this week as you seek to minister in and through us. And that is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.